1: We are excited to be back with all of you wonderful investors listening. Thank you for being with us today. We have Kim Gillock from Denver, Colorado. Beautiful out there. She uh, is a full-time uh, has a full-time job and uh, has started an investment business on the side. Her side hustle, as she likes to refer to it, uh, we get into so many wonderful things today. What was really, what I probably appreciated most about this interview, and I think I think all of you investors will also appreciate, is really how she got started because she's 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 younger. You know, she's got a full-time job, balancing a lot like all of us. But how did she really just take the plunge and get? Started and and her passion for real estate. I love that. We'll get into that and the why and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I love you know that her path and how she started with house hacking and all the good stuff that you know yeah. we'll start with. So that was something that I think our listeners today are really going to appreciate. Uh, makes it it makes it real and it makes it doable, which I think a lot of us don't. We get stopped because things just don't feel doable. They seem big. So she really, we really break it down today to make it feel, um, and not make it feel, but uh, present it in a way that that's doable for everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So she talks about house hacking, which I think that if you are a millennial listening to us, if you're not too, you should be doing this for sure. If you're getting started, this Hands is down. Like a no brainer, but she also gives like a really golden nugget about Traveler nurses, and you've got to listen to it. Um, I think it's just great. Yeah, uh, enjoy the show, guys.
1: Welcome back, Invest Hers. This is Liz, and this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Hers show, where we interview interview some amazing women. And by the way, welcome Kim to the show.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here with you guys. Yeah.
1: We're looking forward to jumping into her story in a moment, but we, where we interview women, we have mini sods where we kind of talk about what's up, but with what we're all about and what our mission is, is to support women in this business and creating financially free lives and doing it in a balanced way, whatever balanced looks like to you, yeah. right? So, uh, so that's what we're up to. And, uh, Andressa, you wanted to share a little bit, like get connected yes. and,
2: and, you know, as you, well, as you always do,
1: what, what book are you reading? The 95 books that you're reading, <laughs> you
2: reading this week. I think, did I share this yet? I, I don't know if I did, but it's called the seat of the soul. Yeah. One of my like top favorites. <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking longer to, to, to listen to this one because it, it takes longer for me to digest it. Mm-hmm. So I was like very intrigued by it. But what I want to share with you guys, two things. First of all, for you guys that are listening to us, to our podcast, check out if we do have meetups around your location. If you don't see anything, protest on our Facebook community and request (laughs) one near you and join our Facebook community. Um, We have almost a thousand members as of today and it's growing so much and we have, such a great support I wish I had that when I got started because another day somebody was um, you know sharing their their payment plan for the contractor and we found a couple of you know loopholes there that she's getting fixed before she gets started so I love that but that's all I want to share today What I want to share today is a conversation that I had with a friend of mine that I really consider him such like a mentor to me. He doesn't know that, but he is. Uh, and he is, he's, has a ton of experience building larger developments. And one day we were talking about, this past week we were talking about um, a possible development. Um, and he said, let's just get under contract. And I was like, no, but we got to figure it out, (laughs) all the numbers and everything. And he's like, we have some basic lines, basic criterias. If Mm -hmm. you pass that, get it under contract, and we will make it work after. So when he said that, I had like a mini heart attack, and I was like, what do you mean? You got to make it work. Mm He's like, yes, you got to make it work after. And then I kind of like first you're a little crazy. Second, you probably are saying something that you really worked for you because clearly you have a ton of, you know, your portfolio is very strong and you're doing very well for yourself. So let me understand like that perspective. And he's like, yeah, if you pass those basic criteria, get it under contract, and they make it work. He's committed to make things work. He said that that process. Forces him to be creative and resolve issues and make it things work. And I'm not saying for you guys to say, Oh, I'm just on my first year, I'm just <laughs> gonna get another contract and figure it out later. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that for after you get some experience and you have your basic criteria on the table, that you open up a different, you know, door for me and say, mm-hmm. Yeah we should just lock this down as quick as we can. Mm-hmm. It did pass our criteria, and really make it work. So mm-hmm. everybody, what can we do here to make the construction numbers work, make the return to our investors work? It really like the problem is just like a good problem is like, okay, we have this great opportunity here. How can we make this work for everybody?
1: Yeah. That's it, great insight. Yeah. Great. great um, that was good.
2: Yeah and you, you know when you think
1: of that too I think that 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 person has something that all of us need to continue to keep in mind is like a great team because yeah. in order to make things work right you you yeah. know having a great team is, is a is a recipe for that so yes. and i'm sure that person does have yes. a have a great mm-hmm. team so you know that's the other thing that that the women listening can keep in mind you know um it's not just the deal but the team and everything so 100%. no that's great Great, um, great insight, great suggestion, cool. you know, because we all could be a little cautious sometimes. So we, we got to keep moving forward, right? right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, very cool. Well, Kim, again, thanks for being on our show. Uh, really, really looking forward to hearing your story. And as we do, as we'd like to do, just share with the listeners what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? What kind of pulled you into this, this particular business?
0: Um, well, I guess, um, I'm kind of like the rare person who just kind of decided to do it. Like it wasn't really an accident per se. Um, the year I decided to uh, get into real estate, I was kind of, I moved to Denver a few years prior. Um, I bought my own personal residence and had been like house hacking my other bedroom. Um, the market that was like 2009 when I first bought, so then fast forward to 2012 And I was just kind of like, okay, I know what my mortgage looks like. I know what, uh, most of my friends are paying in rent. And I know that everyone I know has 10 friends moving here in the next five seconds. So I'm like, I just feel like this math should work out. Um, I grew up just like, you know, loving houses and loving, you know, I don't know, design and decoration. And I know that whenever I listen to like, you know, big time real estate investors, it's not about like loving the house. Don't fall in love with the house. And that's important too. Um, but I, you know, I just really do enjoy house projects, house house decoration, that kind of thing. So I was like, well, I feel like this should work out. Uh, read a book that kind of helped me run some numbers, some basic numbers, and started looking for a property that year and then closed on my first one in 2013. Um, so that's pretty much how everything got started. Um and from there I just uh I was like, well that worked out well. And, down bigger pockets and then uh, the rest is history so i mean again i don't have like a ton of units it's like kind of a slow build but uh still really proud of the ones that i do have
1: yeah so so house hacking let's 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 talk through that a little bit Um, because i think that's a huge opportunity for everyone mostly and especially i should say millennials right you know and and it's you know that's how matt uh, my husband got started in, in investing um, and I was dating him at the time and he had two roommates, bought a home and because of the rent he had coming in made $60. Mm-hmm. So that was his first taste of, wow, like mm-hmm. this is powerful, right? This is, this is like, 60 you bucks. Know, yeah, this is 60 bucks, he right? Your that men,
2: the vet yeah. spent at that bar. Yeah. Oh, can I just talk about one second? Yeah. That's very funny. So yeah. when I had a meeting, a business meeting once near his location of this property. Right, so like oh, let's just go to this like pub here, and then the guy at the pub said, "I remember you."
1: Oh my gosh, that's that's <laughs> literally fifteen years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Do you remember?" He's like, "I remember exactly what you order because you came here a lot, right?" He's right. Like, yeah. Oh, you get a crush on you i think <laughs> so it's
1: good when the bartender from 15 years ago remembers who you are like, like you know how many how many times my husband would have to have gone to that bar life a
2: dollar
1: yeah for his sixty dollars right, that's and right. Some. oh my god that's funny um i'm so glad my husband doesn't listen to our podcast but uh, <laughs> So, so Kim, so, so house hacking is so, so powerful. And, and for those listening, Google house hacking. I mean, it is a phenomenal strategy in a nutshell is that in essence, you are living in the home. You know, it could be a multifamily, it could be a single family, but you are in essence owning, living in the home and renting out rooms per se or renting out space to others so that it t- covers your mortgage and then some. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the ultimate way that people begin in real estate investing because it's really like a mini example of the power of income right rental income so when you did house hacking walk me through that was it did you find a property and you're like oh i want to house hack or did you kind of learn about house hacking as you're living there like what what came first cuz i think it's a wonderful way for people to get going
0: yeah absolutely um, actually when i first moved to denver i mean i just was like I'm just, I've always kind of been like a nester. And so I knew I was going to move to Denver and pretty much buy a house like pretty soon thereafter. Um, and I had plenty of space and I just always had planned on renting out that other room. So I actually rented it out to a friend um, and had kind of more like long-term, more like roommates really. It wasn't even like an intentional house hacking thing. I just, you know, obviously sharing expenses reduces your, uh, you know, overall expenses, allows you mm-hmm. to have more money for your free time or travel. Mm-hmm it is. So it was more just to like share expenses. Um, I hadn't planned on doing it as long as I have. So 10 years later, almost I'm, uh, I've actually converted it more to like a, fr- excuse me, a furnished month to month. Um, so it still feels a little bit more like my house. Um, but I've had, I've honestly met like a ton of cool people, um, a lot of like traveling nurses, mm. uh, but just really all kinds of people. It's, it's been kind of fun actually. So, um, and that's, it is, it is a great way to, um, you know, reduce your expenses so you can save, and then you know, a few years later, like I said, I had enough money to where I was like, "Oh, like I can buy another property." So
2: I love that you're about the traveling nurses. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we always focus on Airbnb as well, because um, we start house hacking kind of with Airbnb, and the traveler nurses they come to to your location and they spend like two, three months. And to me, they are kind of ideal because they don't spend a day there and they come, they just sleep, then they go. I think those are like gold. What Kim is saying is just like gold, write that down. Because there's websites, there's Facebook groups, and you can reach out to them directly and just get that you know, quality tenant. And that's right. what we are looking for. Kim, how did you vet those people? Because people that are listening to how they might like, oh, that's kind of like strange or, or for liability safety purpose, that's, that might be their concerns. Did you have at that time like a vetting process in place? Um, or how did you I, do don't,
0: I don't particularly, I mean, like, I guess if, they're, if it's someone who's not a traveling nurse, I do do a credit and background check um use a service called codesy.co and they you know do it it's easy whatever um traveling nurses they're already background checked by the agency that mm-hmm. that is sending them um they get a pretty large stipend uh, like a housing stipend um in denver especially or any large city where it's an expensive cost of living they get like a whole housing stipend yes um so i know that that money's there so i really kind of more it's you know I, I am living with this person so it kind of is, you know, do we get a good or are, are we vibing? Are we getting a good vibe from you? I mean, you know, can I ask some like lifestyle questions. At this point, like I'm not looking to go out and like rage and like get a home at three in the morning and <laughs> have you wake me up and the dog and then it's crazy. It's more like, Okay, can we enjoy some wine on the patio? Like, you know, I don't that yeah. kind of thing. So like are we yeah. gonna get a, are we kind of a similar lifestyle? So I've been very fortunate and found really Awesome, fun people, and you know, as it turns out, they keep helping me house hack. So, but well, what's I'll interesting with
1: too that. with your profession, you're in the healthcare profession. Yes. So you know that profession really well. Mm-hmm. You know the, you know, you know, you you know, we all know of of nurses. Obviously, I mean, not and no moron doesn't know what a nurse is, but you you know, that's still part of your your profession in essence. So you you know that customer in essence, you know, you know what that what that what that looks like, and I think. I think that's really important, you know, just to share that with 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 our listeners. Is that so many people talk about going after properties, going after markets, and going after like that, mm-hmm. but we don't talk enough about which is in like the true business part of this. Is who do you want your customers to be? who do you really yeah. want your customers to be? And I don't. That's like maybe the twentieth question that people ask. Even if they ask it, I mean, some people don't even ask it. Mm-hmm. Versus. That being one of the first questions you ask because that's going to dictate where, where you're going to buy, what the market is. And, you know, without customers that hold on to, you know, you keep paying customers, yeah. I should say, you know, you're, you're, you're nothing in this business, especially if it's the rental business. So don't forget to ask that question, you know, our, our ladies listening. I mean, ask that question. Who do you really want your customers to be? Whether you're flipping, whether you're buying hold, whatever, mm-hmm. who, do they, who do you need them? You know, what do you like? You know, want them those qualities. Obviously, want them to have exactly that's important. You know, and
0: my friend Matt, he's in uh, marketing and he does all kinds of business stuff. He's like super dynamic, entrepreneurial individual, and he's like, you're going to be successful because you know who you want to rent to. And -hmm. literally, every time I bought a property, I know who like my target demographic is. And I mean, obviously, fair housing, you can't be advertising for this, that, or whatever, but you can kind of buy a house. fix it up in a way where you are attracting that person that you want to rent to. Absolutely. And um, I feel like I've always, I don't, I don't know if it was intentional, but that's just something that I was always doing uh, with yeah. my properties. So we be mindful of it, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, not. yeah, I don't have time. Like I don't, uh, no one has time for bad tenants, but like with having a full-time job, I really don't have time to be like, Chasing checks around or or, or dealing with, yeah. with difficult things that um, could have been prevented by by having a, a better tenant. So mm-hmm. that's and I want to pick
2: back. <laughs> I want to pick back on uh, on that topic. Um, a lot of people use having a full time job as an excuse why they don't invest in real estate, why they don't get started, because they say, well. I don't have the time when I get home. I'm so tired, you know. I still need to either, you know, cook dinner for the kids or or have other, other things going on. And some people that don't have kids, they just say, well, I just want to relax or, or do something else. But I want to... I want to talk more about the benefits of having a full time job for the real estate. Besides the 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 W two that you you're totally bankable, Uh right? It's just like yeah, hashtag bankable right here. Hashtag bankable, (laughs) please. Yeah, totally. And also, how do you make it work? Still having you know a a job? How it's how how has been your experience?
0: Um, I mean, I guess a couple of things as far as advantages go. I mean, one, obviously the bankable thing, being able to get a loan, um, is super important. Um, else you can't really do it very easily. Um, I guess also there's, there's a little bit for me of comfort in knowing that like I have an income that's completely separate from this real estate stuff. So like if things were to fall apart, the market changes, um, you know, then I'm not I'm not worried about like surviving, which is really nice, and that's that's a good thing for me at this point where I still, you know, I'm kind of even though I've been doing it for like six years, still kind of need that safe feel like I need that safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as making time for it, I, mean, I first of all I'd say that like I don't think anything else gets me as excited um, as talking about real estate. I love talking about. <laughs> about it all day. Right. So I think when you do have that like excitement about it, that it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like work to me. Right. Um, it's kind of like, and whenever you're in charge of your own destiny and the sense of my rentals, my real estate side hustle is going to like survive or die based on myself. Like, I don't feel like it's a job. Like I'm excited to do it and I want it to succeed. So it's, it's going and I'd rather spend time on that than like most anything else. So making time for it isn't hard. Um, I don't know. I'm, I've just never been a person to like, I'm not that into TV. Like I don't sit on the couch that much. I'm pretty much go, go, go. So I like carve out time for this kind of thing. It's on my calendar. I know when I need to do certain things for certain properties, I have kind of a schedule. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it too is um, being intentional about your time and carving out that time, like in advance, not letting, I mean, things are always going to surprise you. There's always be things that come up, but, um, as far as my calendar goes, like I look at my calendar a like, whole year in advance. Like, what am I doing? My property checks. When am I renewing my leases? Like, so that I have that time built in already. And I don't like get super overwhelmed with too much at the same yeah. time. I mean, yeah. you can never always plan everything. Of course, things are going to come up, but yeah. you can kind of do the best that you can do. And yeah. You'll, make, you'll make time for it if you want to.
1: I, I love what you said on a lot of fronts. And I heard once, and I wrote it down again here on my notes because it's just something I all of us need to be reminded of, but you have to figure out why you want to do something. And then the how and the what gets figured out. I don't know who I heard that from. I'm sure I didn't make it up because it's way too clever for me to have made up, but, <laughs> but, um, but I really love that because you said something, you said a lot of great things, but you said something really, really important. You said, it's not hard to make time for it. Cause I love it. I'm, I'm passionate about it. And sometimes I'm talking to investors, current investors, I mean, people that have portfolios and newbies and I'll be talking to them and I'll be like, why do you want to invest in real estate? Mm-hmm. And they'll look at me or why are you investing in real estate? And if the answer, answer to me is only about the money, mm-hmm. it's only about that. That's hard to continue. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I, I, I say that to the women listening, you have to figure out why, mm-hmm. like why. Even if you're transitioning and you're flipping right now and mm-hmm. now your next phase is rental business or you're an Airbnb and you wanna get into multifamily. This applies to everything, mm-hmm. but to be really clear, I'm like, why are you doing it? Because like shit is going to go down.
0: You know, mm-hmm. things happen in this business. Things are going down. It's
1: just not all roses and sunshine, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And it's not. It, I know, yeah. right? I, but I wish there, I wish it was. But you have to have this very strong why to bring you back. I mean, I've been in this business for 15 years. I, I really sound like I'm like a 95-year-old, but <laughs> it's been a long time. But it's true. Like, and, I, and I, I still love it. You know, do I love... All of the things have happened. No, do I love every property to like? does I want to just like hug? Maybe right. not. But yeah. I love real estate. I love what it can cool. do. I love so many of the things that we've done, and and that's there's a there's a passion there still. Exactly. And that's what kind of fuels us and keeps us going. We we you know we refocus. Okay, let's not do this anymore. Let's do more of that uh-huh. business, right? But if you don't have a passion for it, and you don't know why you're doing it. Then don't work in this, this business of real estate investing because it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. So I just right. want to share that. The how yeah. the how and the what and the money and the deals and the team gets all figured out. Mm-hmm. But if the passion isn't there. Yeah. It's just not sustainable.
0: There's not sustainable. Yeah. It's too much so, work. It, it, like, it, it ends up being, it feels like too much work then to keep going with it. Whereas yeah. if, it, if you have your why and you you do like what it is, I guess this applies for like any career really. Yeah, Uh,
1: write it down, put it on your poster, like look at it every day. I mean, you know, Andresa, what do you, you know, what do you do to keep your why in front of you? Because I think it's so important.
2: I wish I could share my screen here. So one thing that I do is a vision board where like, and and I did this exercise with another friend, another uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Um, I asked her, what's your vision? And then she, she mentioned to me a couple of things. I was like, I'm not asking rationally. I'm asking when you close your eyes and you see that beach house, how does that beach house look like? I, that's the description that I want. So that's an example. And then I put all those pictures online. I can share on, on the show notes. There is this, this software application where you put all your, your pictures, right? That what mm. you see and it creates like a collage and it becomes like one picture. And I put on my, uh, the, the background of my computer. So I see it every day. I see it everywhere good. that I go. But one thing that I wanted to share is that when you ask people, why are you doing this? And they say, well, so I can get X amount of cash flow. I was like, okay, you get the cash flow and do what with that? Right. The answer is your why. What are you going to do with that? Yeah, don't, that's don't a great. Tell me that you're going to spend on a car or something That yeah, like, no, I want to know like what moves you if you freaking die today what that cash flow is going to do for the yeah. next generations are going to allow them to do to you know fulfill their dream of doing whatever they think that they want to do oh no i want to you know bring water to places that don't have water i am passionate about women that uh, were domestic um got um or children or, or whatever your Mm -hmm. situation is. So your why go past that, Mm -hmm. the cash flow or the, the capital gain that you're going to get. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, you got to get in touch with yourself to really like sit down and really like, Oh, what do I care about? Really? Like that, that's what, what this goes. Yeah. One thing came that you said, you're like, I don't get tired of it. Right.
0: Yeah. No, it's fun. It's energizing. Like exactly. N- nothing. Nothing gets me like more excited and like, like exhilarated than like when I buy the the property. Right. It's like <laughs> so excited.
2: Yeah. I so. saw this quote <laughs> another day that talks exactly about it. It says, um, "People are not tired because they just work the entire day. They're tired because they're spending." a lot of time on things that don't bring happiness totally. a Little time on the things that do so yeah. you can spend time on things that really it gets me so energized like those conversations that we're doing you know the meetups and all mm-hmm. of that absolutely adds to me gives me energy more yeah. than takes out definitely yeah. and that kind of yeah. goes
0: to you. like anything where you feel like you're dragging your feet through the mud like even when you're in your real estate business, like those are the things that, you know, you find other people to do so that you right. can kind of focus yeah. on the things that give you energy and keep moving you forward. Yeah. I, I have to say, I know that. I haven't put that into practice yet, but I know that.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> what I wanted to circle back with you too, Kim, is like, you know, you've, you, you're you growing a portfolio, you have a full-time job. You know, when, when you started out or even the, you know, the first few properties that you took on, What were your biggest mistakes? What were the things that, you know, as you look back, you've course corrected or at least you're aware, right? So what what were those things, those biggest learned lessons you've had and how have you um, shifted those and and really, you know, kind of helped you make, you know, create a better portfolio business, you know, as a result?
0: Totally. Um, I mean, I guess probably like a lot of people when they're starting, you know, treating it like a real business, um, probably doing too much myself. Um, work you know, doing too much in the business versus like on the business. Um,
2: can you explain that, Kim, a little bit more?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, working in the business is kind of like you're the person on the ground doing everything, you go over there to clean out the pipe, you go over there to repaint the wall instead of like how much, how much are you gonna pay someone to do that little thing versus like having those like few hours free to um, further your business, to, you know, listen to a podcast, to be networking, um, that kind of thing. And there's still, I think that I've gotten to the point with most of my properties where I kind of have a balance of that. Like there are still a few things that I do, um, but I try to focus more on hiring out the things that are just going to like suck my time and also make it feel like, like work versus yeah things that I want to focus on where,
1: What were a few of those things initially for you? Like, what did you like? What were the first few things that you've given away or have you gotten some support around? Is it like the just actually like the maintenance stuff or is it then the rent collection or managing the property?
0: Curious. Um, Pretty much it would be maintenance related things, at least for the properties in Denver. I've got two in Denver and two in Tulsa where I'm Mm -hmm. from. So, I mean, a lot of that in Tulsa I do, um, I can't can't even physically literally do on my own. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, other thing I mean other things I would say I have pretty much automated there's not a lot still that I have other people doing for me except for maintenance stuff Um, things that I have more or less like outsourced have actually just been me automating them so it's not taking up like bandwidth in my in my schedule Mm -hmm. Um, so rent collection um, anything related to like leases or signing it's all everything's online Mm -hmm. Um, just you know trying to maximize my, my time, uh, away, away from the rental stuff. Cause I, you know, I do have a life and I do have another job. So I have to make sure that, that those things are taken care of as well.
2: Definitely. And for the automation, do you, are you using something very specifically for that? Um, yeah, so
0: all of my, um, online like applications for rentals and rent collection is done through uh, cozy.co. Mm -hmm. And I've been using that now for probably four or five years and it's fantastic. Um, I would highly recommend it. Um, I use mint.com for all of my finance stuff. They just pull in all of your credit card and bank account, everything. I do that once a month. I just consolidate all my finances. Um, I had as part of my like laying the groundwork for future growth. I was like, okay, I need to transition to QuickBooks. Everyone does uh, QuickBooks and all the professionals use it. And that's what I need to do too. So I got online. QuickBooks online is pretty um, expensive. Once you start getting an account for like each property that you have. And I'm like, well, as I scale up, I can't have like 40 QuickBooks accounts. That's going to add up really fast, very unnecessary. But everyone said to get QuickBooks for your desktop. So I was like, game on. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be great. So I get QuickBooks for, this is like two weeks ago. (laughs) I got QuickBooks for desktop. I just had a panic attack. Have you guys ever used that thing? Yeah. It was very overwhelming. So anyways. What the hell?
2: Who the hell created this? It was
0: basically for an accountant. I I couldn't even, I'm like, I'm technically a millennial. I could not figure out how to import my (laughs) transactions. I was like, panic attack. Okay. I got a refund like within three <laughs> hours, and then um, I, I've been trying out this new program called Stessa. I don't know if you guys have seen it advertised. It? Mm-hmm. It's been it has like bigger pockets, and they found me on social media to advertise to me there as well. So it's um um it's actually assets spelled backwards. Oh, um, so okay. Stessa, S T E S S A, and it's basically it. like all finances for real estate investors um so I can kind of show you your whole portfolio how it's performing different metrics hmm. um and i've been using that for a few months now and i've been like kind of like dabbling with that okay and now i'm starting to kind of get into that more as probably how i'm going to manage my finances would that be a solution
2: for quickbooks or something similar yes
0: yes definitely oh, nice. and not, at least from my perspective a lot
2: easier to use than quickbooks yeah uh, for desktop um but, but yeah. I love what you're saying, though, that you're laying the ground. And I think that, you know, if you think about like the agriculture, right, mm-hmm. we just lay the ground first. Right. And, yeah. and, and and you know, there's times to do certain things. And I think that having your vision very clear and really laying the ground first, it's like important and so essential for the success my challenge is that a lot of people put pressure on the quantity Mm
0: -hmm. of
2: how many do you have, how, Mm -hmm. you you know, and one day I was talking uh, to Liz about it in different, uh, was a different concept, but it was really like, it doesn't really matter how many you have. You can have a hundred doors and half of that does not cash flow at all. Or and you can have you know a full you know hand of those that cash flow very well. So at the end of the day, I think the question is a little bit like misleading. Mm-hmm. Having X amount of of properties really don't don't do much because I don't know your cash flow. I don't know your numbers, so it doesn't really mean much on that sense. Right, quality over quantity yeah right isn't it <laughs> so kim share share with us where are you are going for now we know you have properties uh in denver and tulsa where are you going so you know we are always looking to connect ladies among themselves mm-hmm. so we always start asking what people want where they're going because connections are being made and we're super happy about yeah, that
0: absolutely um you know, I feel like, especially like listening to more podcasts, reading more books as I'm kind of like laying the groundwork for what I want to do next. I feel like if I really do want to grow in this industry, I do need to scale to multifamily. Um, so I feel like the next step for me is going to be something probably like in the like five to eight unit range. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am looking to like a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of women, figuring out how to partner with somebody. Um, I've been reading uh, Liz's husband, Liz, her husband's book about um, using other people's money to invest, which has been a very like meaty read, like every chapter is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been great. Uh, so basically figuring out how to partner, what that looks like for me, how comfortable I feel using other people's money, and whether I have the bandwidth to manage other people's money, and whether that's something that I can, like, reasonably do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly networking and figuring out how to get to the multifamily space. Um, I know you guys have had some awesome guests on the last month or so, especially who are really talking about that transition to multifamily. So mm-hmm. I feel like I am ready for that, and I'm just kind of laying the groundwork to, to make that move. Um, I don't want to sit here and do too much analysis paralysis and, like, never make it happen, but I also want to feel like I'm personally ready for that next step.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's it's so. you know it's it's exciting because I think for um, I'll pay you later for the, uh, the 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 shout out to my husband. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so but, good.
1: Um, but no, it, it it's so it's such an interesting place because I feel like I, I think about my path and I'm just so you probably have a similar path. Like there's things that you begin working on in your business and you, you, you buy a property and then there's something else presented to you and it's new and it's a little different. And so you're like, hold on, I haven't done this this before, but you want to go there. Maybe it's a oh. development, maybe it's flipping, maybe it's multifamily, whatever, whatever it is. But I think it's a common path for for many of us and you, I think the best thing you're doing is A, you're laying groundwork, but, but something that you didn't say that you probably don't even realize is you have all this already, this experience, right? So mm-hmm. then the question becomes, what can I bring to that, that, you know, as I look for this, you know, five to eight unit multifamily property and what am I missing? Mm-hmm. You know, not missing, I don't mean like you're missing things, but yeah. what, what, what gap do I have? So what, what, what do I have that can fit what might be ne- needed to go there and what do I need to maybe develop or um, partner? Like you're saying, I think it's always, we always have stuff to bring. And then there's always those one or two things that we're like, this might be gaps for me, but where mm-hmm. can I make that up through right. team? Whether it's a skill that I just need to develop, like my underwriting skills or what have you. So I think it's a very common versus where most of us sometimes get, I, I don't know about, about all of you, but, but the, with the women listening, you may feel like, well, I can't do that because I didn't, I haven't done it. Or it's very competitive. Or you, know, you just put in these excuses or these reasons you can't do it. Mm-hmm. When really all of us are in that place. We're all always, we're doing this and then this is something else we want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Andres and I are doing that right now as we're building out this investor community, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's new territory for us, you know? Uh, So it's, it's new to us. We've never done this before. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've bought duplexes before we've done that before, you know? So there's things we do, there's things we haven't done. So don't let that stop you. Women listening, don't let that stop you. Uh, Just, just lay the foundation and figure out what those gaps are and, and figure out how to manage those gaps.
0: Right. And part of it too, like, I mean the first few properties, like you're just gonna be learning a lot and like and that's okay too. It's not Oh yeah. You can't know everything going into it and that's fine. And I just, you know, especially for like moving forward, like just need to kind of channel myself from about six years ago. I didn't know exactly I had an idea of what I was doing with, with the single families and now I have a way better idea. So I just kinda gotta have that same mindset moving yeah. forward the multifamily. Yeah. Like I know, I know what I know. Let's see what I need to learn. So yeah. Yeah, always true. learning curve.
1: And there's a, a quick note about partnerships. We're actually, um, you know, the, the woman listening to this, we are um, putting out webinars, you know, to our community, free webinars, you know, for now at least, <laughs> but uh, they are free. And what one of them is going to be about very soon is, is a, a partnership um, You know, so we'll put it in the show notes when we will plan this episode around when we are about to uh, share that but it's going to be actually a webinar about how to form partnerships because there's so much of that happening in this business and you can have amazing partners and you can have crooked partners. I mean, it's that you yeah. it can get that bad.
0: It's just kind really, of like choosing your tenants. Where yeah, you're, you know, if you you have bad tenants, that can that can make your life really difficult. And I'm sure, yeah. probably even more so for a bad partner. So yeah,
1: totally choosing your life partner, same kind of thing, uh, pretty much. <laughs> but um,
0: much.
1: Kim, 15. you. You've shared so many great, um, so much great insight. We Really, really appreciate that. I love your journey. Okay, looking, looking forward to where you go because you're doing cool. some amazing stuff. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Learn more about what you're up to and keep in touch with you.
0: Um, probably the best place uh, for a real estate discussion is Bigger Pockets. Um, I'm on there as uh, Kimberly Gillock, uh, so that's me on Bigger Pockets. Um, Instagram. Uh, KimmyG0783, K-I-M-M-Y-G0783 is probably two best places to connect with me.
2: Great. So we're going to add all of this information on our show notes. And now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Kim? I am ready. All right. What's the most transformational book you have ever read?
0: I So besides Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which literally did change my entire mindset about life moving forward um i think uh recently i read a book called never eat alone and um it's basically kind of like liz's mantra of always be networking um it's all about how relationships uh can basically how relationships basically form the whole world and how that can really help to get you where you want to be not that you're ever looking to like use those things like use anyone it's just more like how you have those, those connections with people and how that is able to move you forward and probably bring a, bring forth new opportunities. You didn't even know existed. So mm-hmm. kind of is like motivating me to be more intentional about uh, networking, always be networking. So,
2: wow, yeah, that's great. The second question is what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life?
0: um probably how I use my goal setting and calendars together I do a lot of goal setting like at the beginning of the year and check in with those pretty frequently throughout the year Mm -hmm. and it's not just about goal setting but it's also like how are those goals going to get achieved and how those steps move from the goal sheet to my calendar so that there's time to make those things go forward love that um that also kind of translates to like also like when am I making time for fitness and making time for friends and all the other responsibilities that all of us juggle every day
2: so that's great that you're doing that because it's just like an action right Mm -hmm. you just was like oh this is my goal but what are the actions attached to it if we Mm -hmm. if we can break it down Mm -hmm. that's great um the last question is which women famous or not has inspired you the most
0: definitely uh, especially after mother's day recently i to say my mom um she's just the best. She's kind of like a, a business partner in a way. Um we both help each other with some property management stuff. Um outside of that, she's a super entrepreneurial lady, super hardworking, um kind, generous, and just great to be around. Um I've definitely hope I can uh aspire to be as amazing as she is when, when I am a little bit older. So
2: wonderful.
1: Mama, awesome. Mama Gail. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for your, uh, you know, being on our show. Your authenticity and just, you know, sharing all your good nuggets of information. Excited to excited to see where you go and navigate here. So it's really really good stuff. You're 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 set up for success, no question.
0: Cool. Thanks so much for having me. I hope I had a few pearls of wisdom for people getting started. Oh, a hundred percent. Keep us posted. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Andressa and Liz. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
2: Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes.